Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle cough. Hey, babes. All right, getting into it here at the end of the week, John. Recording this podcast on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, Don't forget, go to the iTunes page and leave us a question for the mailbag in the review. Do it right now. Tell your friends, subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube page, leave, go to the iTunes review, leave a review and leave a question. And we will, uh, maybe, I don't know if make it a consistent thing, but another Saturday pod maybe coming up with some, uh, some answering the questions. Yeah, we'll do a mailbag. I like that. We'll do this week's mailbag will also be a Saturday podcast. I'm actually trying to go back and find somebody who said he had Spotify DM'd me somewhere else uh, with his mailbag question. So, if you don't have iTunes, prove it. And maybe I'll accept uh, mailbag questions on Instagram, but not on Twitter. They got to be Instagram DMs. Yeah. Are, are you more of a, are you an Apple Music or a Spotify guy? N- uh, neither. I use Pandora. Oh, you, you're, you pay for Pandora though. Yeah. I'm saying like, what, what, what do you pay for musically? Pandora. Pandora. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I, if somebody tells me Spotify is better, or I don't know. I don't really know what the difference is between any of them. Do you? Yeah, I, I did Apple Music for a month. It was cool. I just maybe I'm I'll spend a lot of money on a lot of stupid shit. I mean, I got a lady that comes cleans my place. I mean, I have 1,100 square feet, and I pay her like basically once a once a week. Sometimes once every other week. Like it's yeah. probably a waste of money. I could just do it myself. So I'm not opposed to like spending money. I have just I still do Pandora, and I run out of clicks, and I just go to different channels. Like that's what I do. I, I do not own now. I have seen Spotify. It's, you know, people that pay for it. It is pretty sweet. Maybe I should just do that. Apple Music's pretty solid, too. I think they're very similar. Somebody let us know what they think the difference between all those are, if you've used any of them or all of them. Um, so, there's that. Uh, did you say YouTube yeah. channel? Said YouTube channel, yep. Said YouTube channel. So, get on it, people. Let's, uh, let's, get, let's get our mind right, right into the weekend and into, uh, into March. End did- of Q1. At the end of Q1, that's right. Who did I see? I, I know I sent you a, t- a tweet yesterday from, who was it that tweeted, like, bunch of, uh, get ready for a bunch of uh, veterans to get cut next week. So I'm, you know, I'm getting ready for that. I think it was uh, NBC Diana, ESPN Diana, said it was going to be a blood bloodletting or something. <laughs> maybe, it, maybe it was that one. That, yeah. That's what the coach was like. It's going to be a bloodletting out there on the market for the middle class of NFL players. And J.J. Watt's like, sucker, yeah. <laughs> I'm out. See, it's, I go back, I've looked through all these tweets we send each other. I forget about some of these, like like Kyle and the QB Collective, you know? Barefoot. He's just coaching gar- random guys up with barefoot. Barefoot Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, so. Not, smart idea. If I was an NFL coach, clearly there are probably ways to circumvent rules where you can work out with college guys, right? Hold the camp and actually get to interact with them. It's a little, when I, when I worked at Fresno state, one big thing is maybe it's still big, obviously probably not during Corona, but coaches would hold like P Carroll, obviously in the sec. I mean, it's still big. would just hold a huge camp, right? USC would have a camp. 
all the other like assistant coaches from other smaller schools that were trying to get in would come work his camp. Slash, you get to just recruit. You know, it's like kind of a double whammy. That's what, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, like if I'm Andy Reid, I don't have the energy to do it, right? Or Belichick. But if I'm McVay or Shanahan, which like I do have some extra energy, I got some extra time, you know, I still got to prove a lot in the league. To me, that's a pretty easy one. You just hold a fucking camp in like the Bay Area or LA and just get all the top college guys to come to you and you get like free scouting. Right. Fair, like before they get to college, you've already got a scouting report on them. Yeah, it's like your own little Elite 11 slash scouting, you know. And you got, like, John Lynch in the corner. He's not supposed to be there taking notes. <laughs> oh, no, his son, his 13-year-old son is there as a ball boy. He's just here to pick him up. You know, that's always the that's the one you pull off. Because they they, they basically do whatever, uh, you know, regardless with Peyton Manning's camp. Remember the Manning Academy? Mm-hmm. When all the top guys would go. And I just remember Phil Savage would say, because he would work it before he went back to work for the Jets. He's like, it's crazy how many calls you get from people in the league, like, Give me the lowdown on so-and-so. You know, it's like, it's free information. Yeah. Right? Because you yeah. spend the week around. Remember the Mannings kicked Johnny Manziel out? I do remember that. Sent him home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that's all right. I mean, that Johnny was... was just getting ready for the PGA Tour. He's going to give it 10 years, John. Is that what he said? 10 years? 12. 12 years. I didn't get the 12. I, did. I think, I, I, well, because I think he's 28. So he's going to give himself till 40. I see. What, what would you bet? Do you think Johnny Manziel can make the PGA Tour? I mean, I would bet no. Why would I bet? I mean, you know, but that's not based on him. It's just somebody says, I'm going to try and make the PJ Tour. I bet no. Yeah. He's a scratch. Golf is a game of consistency, I guess, but maybe not. Maybe you just got to make the cut like once every, you know, three tournaments or every four tournaments. But I mean, at his there level, it's about. Lot. But at his level, if you're trying to make the tour, you can't. You're on the tour, you win once every, you know, three months. That's fine. But you can't do that to make the tour. You got to dominate every week to make the tour, don't you? Well, you mean at like the corn fairy level? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it would be one of the most incredible athletic accomplishments if he makes the PGA Tour. He made the NFL and the PGA Tour. That'll never be, uh, they'll never happen again. I, Steph's kind of hinted at it, you know, if he ever retired. Now, he might retire at 40, wouldn't have enough time. But if Johnny were to pull that off, it would be an incredible, you know, I think like the Mark Mulders, the Romos, they they kind of talk about it and then they go to just Smoltz the Safeway Open and they talks about the, the senior tour. John Smoltz, senior that's, tour. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Uh, good good, good job, good effort, good luck. Uh, the coaches of the QB Collective are Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel. Uh, other coaches include Kevin Stefanski, Kevin O'Connell, Mike LaFleur, Shane Waldron, Shane Day, Rich Scangarello. It's just basically Kyle's crew? Yeah. It's weird. Stefanski is not part of Kyle's crew, but when you watch him talk and you're like, I could see they would have been buddies if they would have worked together. Don't you think? Yeah. You hear Stefanski smart, very confident in himself, but not like arrogant. He's kind of, honestly, I really like Stefanski. I do too. You know, if I was a Browns fan, I'd be pretty fired up because he's got this, he's got a cool look, but he's not a dick. He's a nice guy, but he's clearly smart. But then he's got a lineage like his dad's in sports. So it's like, he knows what he's doing. Ivy League. But he's got like a he's got his core philosophy that's kind of like Kyle really wants to run the ball. I'm a big Stefanski guy. Ivy League PA. Ever since I heard him on the Woj Pod. Yeah, I, you turned me on to that. He was on it with his dad. His dad was executive for the Sixers, right? Because I have a but yeah, I had a buddy in the NFL that's that knew his dad, and then through that got to meet Stefanski and just loved him for years. And uh, I didn't really know that much about him, just beside that his dad was basically, I don't know, the Rick Welts of the Sixers, kind of when I was there. 
maybe he was also kind of the GM too, but I felt like he was just the president of the operation. You know, kind of like a, not like an Al Guido, but more like a hybrid. But he was really famous. I remember with the Eagles, when you thought the, the, the Sixers, it was like Doug Collins and Ed Stefanski. I didn't, at the time, I had no clue. His kid was just, you know, chopping wood with the Vikings, like a quality control guy. Yeah. Who would have known? <laughs> uh, remember, remember, Dee Podesta wanted to hire him, and they, uh, John Dorsey went Freddie. They, they went Freddie. Two, two very different types of coaches, I think. You know? I'd take Stefanski over Freddie. It's got to be you. I think guys want to be that type. Of, people want to be the Stefanski type, but you just can't. You can only be, you know what I mean? Like, just kind of cool, calm, Kyle, collected. If that's not who you are, that you can't be that. You just got to be you, you know, Nagy style. You're, you're saying if you if you just naturally kind of freak out. Yeah, I'm not saying you can't yeah. control it, but like I was talking to a buddy the other day who's tight with Steve Kerr, and he was telling me about he was like in a conversation with Steve Kerr and Sean Miller one time, and Sean Miller was like, Steve, like when I watch you, you know, you you're calm all the time, like you're always relaxed, like you never get that angry. He's like, I go into games, like I try to be calm, and then the game starts, and I just, I can't. I'm sweating through my shirt. Everything makes me mad. I'm screaming and yelling. Like, what's your secret? And Steve was like, well, Sean, I grew up in Pacific Palisades. Last I checked, you grew up in like some borough in PA. I think it's just kind of ingrained in us. I'm not sure you can change. I would just be yourself. <laughs> well, when I t- what did I tell you when I forged you that pick of Kyle coaching with no shoes on? There is just like in his formative years as a kid, he grew up in California. I was around Coach Reed. Andy would often walk around the building with no shoes on. <laughs> there, there is just something ingrained in us in California. I think Steve's right. You can live in other places, right? You can put me in PA. You can put me in, in Florida. Florida's probably a bad example because they probably have some parallels to the way we dress and relax. I guess probably just warmer weather, but definitely the Northeast or the Midwest. My first inclination is like, can I wear shorts? Right. Can I wear sandals? No, John, it's 20 degrees. Like, well, is it going to, is it going to heat up? (laughs) You know, it's it's just the way kind of we think. And there's just a, there just isn't the dude working at the mill here. Now you still, still are blue collar jobs. It is just a lot different though. Yeah. Like this. Steve's onto something. This is a blue collar job. This show. Yes, it is. With your throats. That's right. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> it's a blue collar show, blue collar job. Uh, you know, just try and push product. I will say this. Um, we have something coming next week. Company that is jumping on board next week, John, that I think is pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I think it's really cool. Um, and so get your uh, get your promo codes ready for next week. I think you guys are going to like this. Yeah. Use that, get that stimulus money, and you just get, give us a little. Just Not get ready for next directly, week. Just, but just support the show. Yeah, just we we will get it via the ham code next week in a roundabout way. Not really roundabout; they just pay us. But um, I don't know. I I could say that right. I, we bought, get some, some, I bought some product. Yeah, you bought some product. product. I bought some product. Uh, I can't wait to get the product. It should be here any day now. And it's just it's a company that I think is really cool. I'm with you. So I can't wait. Let's get it on. That's coming. Uh, All right. Speaking of cool, this is good. Uh, We can say this now on the podcast because it's only Thursday afternoon as we record this, but I'm pretty sure mybookie.ag promo code ham1. Bryson DeChambeau to miss the cut. That's going to miss. That that bet is going to miss. But look, it's a it's a low risk, high reward bet. We knew that going in. You don't put all your eggs in that basket. So that's that. You know, you know who even had better odds? I guess worse odds, but you, 
the two worst odds slash best odds, however you want to look at it, where you could have made the most money, were Rory and Bryson. And as of recording this, they are one and two. So they were right about that. Bryson was five to one. Rory was six and a half to one to miss the cut. <sighs> Those were juicy until they both shoot a combined 11 under and you would have wasted your money. But I posted some of my golf bets on Instagram. We got UFC this weekend. Uh, dunk contest with guys we've never heard of. The three-point shooting contest actually has a lot of big-time names. You want to get in on it. Guy, I was playing golf yesterday with people betting on spring training games. So you want to bet on some spring training games. You want to do some Major League Baseball futures. Uh, March Madness is is next week, conference tournament? Next week, conference tournaments, yep. You get on, get on that. Um, so yeah, and then we have the bracket. Is this are they doing normal like we doing sixty four teams? Full, normal full bracket, bracket right? yep. Sure. Full bracket with some teams on standby. Are there any teams get into March Madness that are under five hundred? Um, I don't. Th- I saw I mean, Lenardi had like Duke and Michigan State on the on the border, and both of them Duke's under five hundred. Duke, yeah, uh, then yeah, maybe we will. I mean, I th- I don't think it's going to be a quote unquote bad field. I think it's just really hard to judge this year. Um, no, I'm not saying bad field. I'm just saying the records. You know, like this year with the bowl games, you'd look up, you're like, that team's two and six. And it was like, oh, we just need right, teams. Right. But if, I didn't even care. I do think Duke's on the bubble right now. They're nine and eight in the conference and 11 and 10 overall. So, oh, they're over 500. Yeah. Um, but uh, they're, they'll get in. I hope so. Uh, at, well, at worst, they'd get a play-in game. I mean, you just... Well, they might be you, like on... They might be the, stand, the team on standby. That could happen to them, too. And then somehow pop their There's going to be a team on standby? Well, I think they've talked about, like, you know, there's going to be a, ha- a couple of teams if somebody early can't play that just gets replaced in the first round, they replace them. What if this happens? Like, you're on standby. Once you get bounced, you're like, well, the team the Sweet 16 lost seven players. They're out. Put Duke back you in come the Sweet back 16. In. All of Duke, a sudden, you're like, my bracket's alive! Duke's like all-time quarterback. <laughs> I like that Would idea. Would you, if you did a big bracket challenge, if offices were normal right now, and they did that, they put a team back into like the Elite Eight that had been knocked out in the thirty-two round of 32, how would you do the payout there? I wouldn't. You should you not. If you've team. lost, you should have to be an undefeated <laughs> tournament team. That wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden that Duke just like, oh, just putting Duke in the Final Four, yeah. Like they lost in the first round. They didn't even make yeah, the Coach K never yeah, left. We, needed, we just needed a squad. Uh, Coach K went from like, tapping out on the season to now uh, making the tournament. MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1. That's where we put it. Uh, if you uh, use the promo code HAM1, you can either accept or decline the bonus. If you accept the bonus, it's 50% up to $1,000 of your deposit. Just don't uh, forget, you do have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw the funds. You can also decline the bonus. Either way, we're happy to have you. Use the promo code HAM1, and uh, that way they know that Haberman and Middlecoff sent you. Do it. MyBookie.ag promo code HAM1. This doesn't stop. This does not stop. And I think the reason it doesn't stop is because it's not over. It's that simple. We talked about it with Brent Musburger, one of the Raiders' defense, and then Mayock spoke, and Derek's a really good quarterback, which is accurate. Diana Rossini, ESPN Diana, goes on McAfee and says the Seahawks are talking to teams on, on Russ's list. And then there was some question about whether Seattle was calling teams or Seattle was receiving calls. She said he's not happy in Seattle. She then follows it up with a tweet. I was told the Seahawks are not, quote unquote, shopping Russell Wilson, but calls made from other teams inquiring have been answered. So that's where it stands from a Seattle standpoint. 
I think it's fair to say that there would be teams beside that we're not on the list that have called, right? Like we're going to talk about what the Raiders should offer here, but I, I, I think it would be naive to think that the Washington football team, right? Let's just use them as an example. Yeah. Who's another team? The Carolina Panthers aren't actively calling, thinking like, well, let's just talk him into coming here, right? That that to me, it's just the Dolphins I think it would might be, be interested. Yeah, the Jets, whoever. I think it would be very short-sighted and very just ignorant to the way we know this world works. That like all of a sudden, Kevin Durant and Kyrie were going to the New York Knicks for a fucking year, and then they end up with the Nets. Things change fast. His list felt a little crazy. I do think there was, and we had talked about this over and over, though, even if that means the Jets and the Dolphins get involved, the Raiders for Seattle, part of this if you're Seattle, even if you don't really like Russell anymore, not necessarily as a player, they're just tired of this. And I think that is, it's not even arguable at this point in time, they're just tired of the drama. They just, he's hes become a little bit of pain in their ass. For, again, he's really good, and you could argue that, well, he's so good, who cares if he's a pain in the ass? That's not how Pete's going to think. I would say that the Raiders are the only team, and we've talked about this with Derek, that can really, like the Saints make no sense. They just have all these picks. They don't have a quarterback to give them. The Cowboys, one, their quarterback's not under contract. Two, he'd have to agree to be tagged and traded. Three, like why would Seattle want to pay Dak Prescott $150 million? And then the Bears also have zero quarterback to give them, and their picks aren't that great. The Raiders, whose picks aren't great either, pick 17, have Derek Carr, who I was talking to a friend yesterday who's on a team that's in a quarterback needy situation. And we just started, I started rattling off guys, Goff, Jimmy, Dak, like kind of that crew of guys. He's like, honestly, if you just look at last year in a vacuum, Derek was better than that like second, third tier of guys, right? You have the, your top three or four guys in the league. Then you have like your next, you know, probably four or five, you know, kind of like a Josh Allen, Lamar, who just, you can still dominate with, who are kind of ascending. And then you just have the guys that are established, you know, that are 28 to like 31, the cousins, the cars. He's like, I'd take car of them all. Wow. I, I, I'm surprised I, yeah, to hear Mike McCarthy say that. He's, he's in it. So the Raiders could give them car, which they would immediately save money. And then like, what is the rest? What would be a fair offer? Because they can make an offer that these other teams, and you can throw in, I guess you could throw in if the Jets got involved. Let's say they could convince them to go to New York. They do have Sam Darnold to give them. But Derek is dramatically better than Sam Darnold right now. And one thing you'd say about Seattle, if they are going to be willing to trade Derek, they are not the Houston Texans. If I told you, or excuse me, they're trade Russell. If Seattle trades Russell, they're playing over that. Just resetting in 2021, like they ain't into the reset life. Wouldn't you agree? If they do make a move, they're going to try to still be good in 2021. Yeah. This is why I said the first offer now in... I did back off of this because it, it's it's a too low of an offer, but I don't think it's too too low based on what you just said. You laughed at me. You not laughed. You yelled at me. I la- I, la- I laughed. Laughed and yelled when I incredulous when I said the Raiders' first offer should be Derek plus a one plus a two because Derek is worth two ones. Now, in your defense, if we're going to take you, your is side, Derek worth two ones though? I think I. I think on a high end he is. But if the Bears called and said, we want Derek, and the Raiders said two ones, what would the Bears say? I think they'd be like, well, could we do a one and a two? Yeah, they probably but would. We'll, but I, like, well, what we're, would not, the we're say? not hanging up. What, what would Washington football team say? I Yeah, they would do it. What would the Saints say? 
Yeah, I mean, you're you're right. I, I think, but it's it's a guy too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems crazy. No, I know. Okay, but but so but the point is just the Raiders would have an advantage. And again, for people, Jamal who hate, Adams just went for two ones though. It's is it that crazy? I don't think it's that crazy because all it takes is two teams. The, the, and again, for people who hate that this conversation continues, it's because Derek is good that this conversation continues, right? Because he they are unique. And actually, the real reason it continues. Well, Russ put him on the because list. Because Russ put him on the list. Yeah. Yeah, that's the well, real and reason. And like, okay, the headline. What would they offer? I think any Raider fan would have to acknowledge, well, could we get him, you know, relatively cheap? Like, let's face it. Raider fans, even the guys that like Derek, no one thinks he's some elite player. But I think we acknowledge he's good if you're a positive. And if you're a negative, you go, well, we never make the playoffs with him, whatever. Would a fair offer be Derek... Two ones and a two over like a four-year span. So I give you Derek this year and I give you pick 17. Pick 17. Next year, let's say I give you a two. And then the following year, I give you a one. However you want to stagger it. Do you think Derek, two ones and a two over the course of two or three years, get it done? Because if you're Seattle, you go, we get rid of Russ. We get a starting quarterback that we know we can win with. Maybe not win as big as Russell, but they haven't been winning that big with Russell. Compete with. And we get a first-round pick, which is 17, which is pretty good given that, I don't know, guy, they don't have a first-round pick. If you are going to trade Russell, and just in the short term, you got back Derek and pick 17, I think you feel pretty good, right? No other team on his list can sniff that. Yeah, I... I think you feel good because, well, I don't know if you feel good. I They're don't not going to trade Russell without getting a quarterback back, in my opinion. Well, the question is, when you say, would they do Derek two, two ones and a two, here's, the, here's, the, here's what you have to put it next to something. So let's put it next to Derek, two ones and a two, or the Saints, four ones. Yeah, I'd rather have the if you're If you're the Seahawks, you'd rather have that. Now, if you're another team, you might rather have the four ones. The Texans type team. But we've right? talked about this. The Seahawks hate first round pick. Like the Seahawks would rather have players than picks. They keep telling, they keep showing us because they keep trading picks for players. But 17's right in the wheelhouse where they never draft it. That, that's like their cutoff, right? Yeah. That, that pick actually is not, I, that could be kind of intriguing because they go, we can get a big time starter right there, right? Do you know who was 17 last year? It was like, that was like the Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb range. <laughs> I mean, that's, I think CeeDee Lamb went 17. I think, I think CeeDee Lamb was a 17th pick. In the 2021 draft, because I'm pretty sure to Terrell, the Falcons drafted 16th, if memory serves me correct, and it was the corner, and then CeeDee Lamb fell to the Cowboys at 17. So, I mean, that's the type of player you get. And you get a starting quarterback. But I also, like, I'm not giving you Russell, just for Derek. So it's like, you, you do have to overpay. That's where I think you got to go one and two. CD was uh, 17, yeah. So... But I, but I see. I would argue. I don't think you get. I, I think C.D. Lamb's a bit of an outlier at seventeen. But I would, te- I would tend to agree. But that's just what comes up in the draft room. Like, well, who was the seventeenth pick last year? Like C.D. Lamb. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think the Raiders are equipped if they're interested in doing this deal, guy. Like they, they are the most equipped of the teams on the list. Now, there are other teams that could throw their hat in the ring that could throw things off. But as of right now, based on the information we have, Russell doesn't want to go to those teams. I just think that those teams aren't going to go quietly. 
Yeah, the, the other part of this goes back to Diana saying he's not happy in Seattle. He's not happy. I think part of the equation here is, what is Seattle unhappy with him? Yes, or, I think they are. Yeah, so if they're dealing, if, if they are unhappy with him and he's unhappy with them, then, you know, this is not Deshaun and Houston, where Deshaun's unhappy with them, but Houston's not unhappy with him, right? There's a little bit of a difference in that Houston's saying, blow us away. Seattle, you'd have to blow them away, but there'd be a part of Seattle going, we just want to get this. We just want to get this over with and move on. And if we can get our start. Yeah, but but I don't think you can ever have that thought process when you have the elite asset. They they have a very powerful asset in a in a yeah, guy that's in a I, Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, I, no, you you shouldn't. But I mean, if they're not happy, what is that? That is an emotion. That's an emotion. We're not happy with him. That's an that's well. If if I called if I called John Gruden and Mayock right now and said you could have Russell for Derek a one this year and a two next year. I think they would fucking drive those picks, right? Yeah, and I don't think Seattle would say yes to that. You keep saying that it has to hurt. Because when I'm trading you a elite all-time great quarterback, even if he does have some leverage, right, because there's only so many teams you could trade him to, and it's clear that you're the only team that has a tangible thing to give back that is valuable by itself in Derek. You're saying you should get a third one from them? Uh, Well, maybe not the third one, but it's like, okay, Derek. Two ones and maybe a two and a three. And you can stagger however you want or to do it. Or a player. But the Raiders don't have fucking any players. Well, you said Josh Jacobs last time. Yeah, but there is a balance. Like if I'm if I'm Russ and the Raiders, like I want to keep good players. Of course. And honestly, if I'm Seattle, I actually think first and second round picks are pretty valuable to them because they get cheaper assets. Right. They don't right? want a guy who's going to have to get paid soon who was a highly drafted player. Yeah. Like, Josh Jacobs is what, going into year three? Yeah, I mean, he's a year away from probably wanting an extension. Yeah, that doesn't Now, he, that. I bring him up because I just think he has, like, I bet Pete, I'd be shocked if the Seattle Seahawks didn't like Josh Jacobs coming out, wouldn't you? Would the Raiders say no if the deal had to include Waller? Well, I heard, I think Coward mentioned that today. I, I just, I don't see how you acquire Russell Wilson and trade Waller. Well, I know. Yes, I don't think you do that. Derek and Waller and a one. And a two. What's Waller worth if you were to offer him a first round a first round pick? Well, no, I know. I'm asking what else is he worth besides one first round pick? Is he worth? He's. I think he's worth a one and a two at minimum. <laughs> yeah, he's he's worth a lot. So, but the, but again, what are you doing now? You're no, just, I, you're getting rid of all these things. Like, what? No what are question. You doing? But the like, question is not would the Raider. The question is what would Seattle? What would you have to give Seattle? Yeah, my question, though, is what if you're the Raiders? Are you just like, hey, this is our offer. This is what we were prepared to do a deal. If not, we move on. Would, like I, to me, it's I would be prepared to go Derek, two ones and a two. That's a lot. But that, that would be my deal. And the way I would do it is probably be like, Derek and my one this year, a two next year, and like a one the fall. You know, stagger it. But I'm not... Like, I'm not throwing Waller. Like, Waller's a non-starter. Like, yeah, we'll just keep... We're good then. Whole point of this whole thing is to have good players. Like Waller, yeah, I, I can win what, with them. I need to get defensive guys. The hard part with Waller is that he's your, like he was your find too. He's not. But it's your not even that. Pick, like he's just sweet. Like he's legit. Like you don't trade Travis Kelsey or Gronk in their prime. Doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't. Unless I, I, so I agree with you. But we're talking about Gruden here, and Gruden's going to hang up the phone, and what it's going to be is like, okay, so I'm hanging up. This means I'm not getting Russell Wilson. Like, yep, you're not getting Russell Wilson. 
I just have a hard time seeing Gruden hit end call on that one. But do you think Seattle would be viewed as a good trade if it was Derek Waller and a one? I mean, if you said two ones, I would say yes, it would be viewed as a good trade. One one, we're teetering here. But yeah, yeah I think it would be viewed positively from their perspective. That's not a lot of draft capital, man, for Russell Wilson. You're getting a guy that's, you know, almost 30. But we know that they good years. We know that they value I just I'm going with the premise that they value players over picks. But but to build a good team, you need to have picks, especially with a high price. But they team. keep trading them. They, well, because they tried to win with Russell and it didn't work. So it's like you kind of reset, but you can still win. They have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. No, they don't need I'm Waller. I'm not saying you wouldn't want but, Waller. But, but no one need. I mean, I shouldn't say they don't need yeah. him. You could. I, I, would ra- I would rather have another one than Waller. I can always trade that pick for Waller if I ever get it. <laughs> I, but again, I think Waller's a non-starter. Like, I don't. Yeah, I wouldn't be interested in trading now. Now it's like, well, my defense was already a weakness. Am I, am I making my offense better? Yeah, to me, I'm not that's setting where, Russ up to succeed. To me, the, to me, my Raider offer, if I'm the Raiders and I feel I would do this, would be Derek two ones and a two, and then stagger it over. A and I, okay, but I, I, here's my final answer on that. I think you have to be prepared for Seattle to say we want another one. Yeah, and I just say, well, we're good. G- go to the Saints and the Bears. I don't that, know. If they Gruden just don't would, have. I. I'm, not, I'm just saying that would be mine. I'm, Gruden is, if you told me you traded five ones. Derek but that's what we're talking about here. Like what you would do is, like John Gruden's the GM, my, I mean the head this coach. This is what but. I would offer. Yeah, I, I don't. The, the, it, Gruden would get just, I mean, it would be like, what the fuck's going on? If you're Russell, like how can you allow them to do that? Yeah. Trading Waller? No, 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 what, no, no. no. I'm not talking about Waller. Other? I'm talking about Derek and three ones. I'm not talking about Waller. Yeah, it'd be a lot, but I think Seattle, that's not crazy. Yeah, that's what I, I think Groot, like that would hurt, but it would also get you Russell Wilson. Yeah. So you basically traded So my, my point, what, just to reiterate, what you said, I, I would offer Derek, two. you said two ones and a two, right? And I'm saying just be prepared for the Seahawks to say we want another one in return. Yeah, and, and, and they should. Yeah, and they should. And that would hurt, but the, which is what it should hurt, but you end up, you'd walk away with Russell Wilson. The leverage that the Raiders have is Derek. That's right. I, I think that is a that is something they have that the other teams can't even begin to. I mean, it's just a non-starter with the other three teams. Yeah, and this but this isn't even about like. Unfortunately, if you hate this conversation, we're just it happens to be that we're talking about one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You're not trying. No one's trying to get rid of Derek. He's the least. He's really one of the least of their problems. That's what makes this whole thing crazy. Is he's not what Derek is not the issue. Derek's one of guy, the best are, things they we, got we going. Are just, we, guy, we are just commenting on a story that's literally going on, and she basically said the teams are calling. Well, who the fuck are the teams? And by the, the way, Raiders are talking to Seattle. We know that. It's Mel. That's happening. You have to call. Yeah, they, they called. They talked. You have to and call. Yeah. I'm just. Did. I'm not even reacting to the reaction. I'm just saying it's pretty crazy that we got to the point where Derek, like, it became clear that he is. He is not only is he not a negative. He is one of their biggest positives. And well, then this that, stuff comes up. And then you lay this shit on me. Well, that that's where, in fairness to John Gruden, and people shit on him, he does deserve credit there. He took a guy who was who wasn't very valuable three years later and made him very valuable. Because yeah. if Derek had sucked, I would say that they wouldn't they would have no opportunity to get him. 
Like Derek being good right. makes this, I think, a, right. a realistic possibility. Right. And, and it, Gruden, that's where Gruden does deserve credit. And that's the other beauty of this is they're not operating from a place of desperation because they, it, it has to work for them because Derek's they could they should be satisfied going no you know what we're gonna stick with Derek Carr. That's where my point is for the Raiders. It's a very easy thing if if Gruden was a normal human to just give a number, give an offer, and yep. be like, listen. This is my final offer. If it's cool with you, great, take it. Yeah. But if not, like we're just going to keep rocking and rolling. It's good logic. It's good logic. Because they may reach a point where they say no, but then it becomes untenable. He's got to go, and they call you because you're the only one that can offer them, Derek. Yep. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats. And then the fun is on. Prize Picks has something for every sports fan, from basketball to hockey to League of Legends and everything in between. It's really simple to play. You make your picks, submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. I'll do it at halftime of a basketball game. And I also have some season-long more or less picks on MLB homers. You may remember, I've got less on Otani homers this year. We'll see. And at halftime of your next NBA blowout game, just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well, the Niners uh, QB Collective, John, Team QB Collective, the uh, San Francisco 49ers have to be watching this uh, Russ story very closely and rooting for him to get traded, uh, regardless of what they get back. There is no scenario, because you would say this, he has been, he's been a living nightmare to play against. He's been a nightmare. He's a nightmare. Whatever their issues or their issues, he's a nightmare for the 49ers. I remember I looked it up last year. His record against the Niners was outrageously good. I think it was at one point in time like 14-2, and two, if I remember correctly. And they had had like a 2-2 two and two stretch over like the last two-year period when we were talking about it. He kicked the, when Chip Kelly and Tom Sula and even that last year with Harbaugh, he turned into like LeBron James against them. It was a joke. I mean, he dominated them. To me, it's not just the Niners should be rooting for him to get traded. I tweeted out like a picture of Kyle smiling after the NFC Championship, and people were like, Milkoff, he's not going to get traded to the Niners. I was like, no shit, you dumb fucks. I'm talking about them being happy that he gets traded away from Seattle. Kyle wouldn't care what team he goes to. I do think ideally back to the Raiders is the best case scenario for them if he gets traded to the Raiders. Because to me, you don't want him traded to the Saints, you don't want him traded to the Bears. Because if I put him on another team, I think it's fair to say that team could just be really... Obviously, the Saints would be awesome. Trade him to the Bears. I mean, they just went 8-8, eight eight, better than the Niners. They would be better. You don't want that, and you, you definitely don't want the Cowboys. NFC I think teams if, you're talking. If you, could, if you could choose of Russell's list, which... Where do you feel on Russell's list? Like, do you think that's just... That's never changing? No. Is it is I think his list, list? <laughs> Yeah, it's a fluid because list. Because part of the list is like... <clears throat> The Seahawks, it takes two to it takes three to tango in this case. You need a team to trade you back. Seattle's got to acquiesce, and Russ has to like the team. Well, what if Seattle's like, you know what? We've talked to all four of these teams. The Raiders want to keep Derek. The Saints can't give us. The other two teams can't give us. So we're not going to trade you, man. Uh, now, if you want to go to Miami, we can talk. And Russ goes, well, I don't really want to go to Miami, but I'd rather go to Miami than stay here. Fine. So, yeah, I think his list can change. I think it would be cool for the Niners if the Jets Miami get involved because then it gives three options to the AFC and just get them out and then you don't have to fuck with them anymore. But ultimately, given that you play this team automatically two times a year and the one year the Niners have been good under Kyle, it took you know the tackle at the six-inch line just for them to win the division. You just – beggars can't be choosers. If you traded them out of the division, they're good with it, right? And now, if you could ideally choose, you'd send them to the AFC. But if you just said, fuck, trading the Cowboys, it's better than the Niners than having them with Seattle. Right. So I think it's it's a good thing. Like if you're the Niners, this is you you hope it keeps getting worse. Honestly, if you're the Niners, you start le- you might just start leaking. Hey, I heard you know I heard this. I heard Russell's doing this. Like to me, you're throwing gasoline on the fire. You want this motherfucker to burn in terms of the story. You don't want it to go away. You want it to get worse. You love Sando articles. You want more of that shit coming out because you want you want chaos to ensue up there. Here's the, it's thing. the best thing for you. I was going to ask you this, but you you've already delved down this tunnel. If Russell doesn't get traded, is it already a win for the Niners? Like the fact that they are no. unhappy together? Because this is my answer is no. Because I think one thing they've shown, one thing clearly, there all this stuff has been simmering for a while, and they've had issues over the years. But one thing I would say about Russ and Pete, whatever their issues are, when it comes time to play in the games, 
Like they find a way to compete. Because these issues have been going on for a couple of years, clearly. Yeah, yeah, right? it, yes. And to me, there's no like, well, they're unhappy. So even if they're still together, but unhappy, they're just, they're imperfect. And the fact that they're not totally in sync makes them a little bit, um, beatable is not the word. I mean, they are beatable. Most teams are. But it doesn't have a little KD Warriors feel like they, they were in shambles that last year and it didn't even And it happen. took like two two Achilles injuries to knock him out or an ACL and an Achilles to now knock Kevin, him out. Now, Kevin, the equivalent of Kevin, he's much better than Russ. Like, Kevin's really like Mahomes. But, like, the parallel still has some validity of like, those two are so good, just like Kevin and the Warriors are so good. Even if they hate each other, they're they're not going to be like, oh, Seattle. Russell played sixteen games, five and eleven. Actually, remember, we got to add the new game, five and twelve. Yeah, yeah. But you would say maybe you could. They got, they'd have they'd have ten, ten and seven written all over them. I mean, last year they went twelve and four. You read that athletic article? It's like, oh, they fell apart offensively. It wasn't the same. You know, Russ was cooking, and then and then Russ stopped cooking, and you know their defense was. Remember, their defense was terrible. It's just like they got to get the, the offensive line, one of the worst ever, and that DK. It's just he's not. It's just it's a mad. You like wait, they they went twelve and four. I felt like they went 10 and 6 and it was like it barely got there. It got did it. feel like it, you know part of it was that they, you know, after that hot start they lost 3 of 4 and then but then they won 6 of 7 to finish out the season. So, yeah, I mean, are they a Super Bowl contender? No. 12 and 4 12 and 4 is a pretty good record, guy. <laughs> 12 and 4 when you have a, when you have a th- it took 3 writers to write the article about how much they all hate each other. 3 people. If 3 people will write an article about you, it's usually not good. No, it's not. They went twelve and four. Guy, they went twelve. I, so this, my point is, reason, this is not good for the Niners unless he's gone. Otherwise, you got to assume he's going to be ready to kick ass. They didn't just go twelve and four. They won the division by two games. It's not like you know they just barely squeaked out the division week seventeen. No, they won it pretty easily. I think they got hat and t-shirts week sixteen. They, it wasn't even they go to the last game. They they won six more games than the Niners. Now I know Jimmy was hurt and everything, but it just say that out loud. Like, last year, they won six more games, right? It's like, we talk about this a lot with the Raiders. Like, you know, they're they're right there on the cusp. No, 11 games got you into the playoffs. They won eight. That's three games. In, in, on a given month, you know, you play four games in a month. Think how long a month is. Like, three games a lot. Six is a shitload. Now, as we saw the year before, it was much closer, but Seattle has proven the Niners needed everything to go right for that 33 season. You know, Seattle's like weird year. Like you said, they had an article that was written by 17 people about how much the quarterback and the coach, two probably Hall of Famers, hate each other, and they went 12 and four. Their offense changed apparently in the middle of the season for the worse, and they went 12 and four. It's like their defense sucks. The, the Carson's always hurt. Russell's cooking. It's like, okay, the Saints, the Packers, who had this just beautiful season, MVP of the league, number one seed. Won one more game than Seattle. Super one Bowl favorites. <laughs> They're the Super Bowl favorites. 13 and 3. When I just say, hey, 2020, LaFleur, Rodgers, Green Bay Packers, like how would you describe it? Yeah, should have won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Just best Packer season in a decade. Seattle. You'd be like, hey, you know, kind of hit the skids. <laughs> you know, just got a little weird there. Like, oh, I bet three, four more game winnings. No, just one more game. One. I say the same thing about Pittsburgh, right. by the way, went 12 and 4. But yeah. And by the way, looked the, for half the books a little bit, eleven and zero, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you also, but they were legit to me. They were a legit. I didn't 
think they were like a fraudulent. I mean, eleven and zero is hard, but like if they yeah, they were like a legitimate twelve and fourteen for sure. I, I, but I think the way football works, the way sports work, I think the way society works, you're kind of remembered for what happens last. Pittsburgh. All I remember is like waiting to do a podcast. It's like, hey, let's just wait for this Steeler Browns game to end at halftime. Like, yeah, we could probably just do it now. It was like forty to nothing. Remember that? And you, that's just kind of ingrained in your mind. Same with the Roonies. Well, they change. Same with Seattle. They change. But same, but same with Seattle a little bit. Like, what's ingrained in my mind is turn on that playoff game, seeing some dude that I'd never really heard of start the game, get KO'd, Goff come in with a broken thumb, and I just remember watching this game going, God, Rams kind of kicking their ass. I know the score, it wasn't like a 40 to nothing game. Even when it was like a touchdown game, I remember in the third quarter thinking, Seattle doesn't even feel close in this thing. Yeah. That's just kind of, and I think that's what Russell's thinking. Like, yeah, our record. He's right. But I don't I feel agree with close. Him. Yeah, he's, he's on to something. But this is my pushback to Russell. And this is where if I'm the Niners, like, just get out of here. It's not perfect. And I, I get where you're coming from. You wish, you know, you'd be more explosive on offense. You'd win the MVP. You're still better than all your contemporaries, all your divisional foes consistently. It, it is. It would be one of the biggest wins for McVay and Kyle if they just trade Russell, regardless of the NFC, AFC. But if he goes to the AFC, that's an incredible win for those two men. Now, you could say if they do get Derek back, they would be competitive immediately, right? I would say that I wouldn't just chalk up Pete in Seattle like they could easily win the division. And who knows? They might not hold on to those picks for long. They might turn around and use them on players immediately, right? Like they could change their, their roster of like some sweet pass rusher. Or yeah, yeah, they could whatever. change their roster pretty quickly. So here's the other thing from a Niners perspective. Everything we just said about Seattle, the Rams had a bizarre year and they won 10 games. It was not smooth for them. That was another win for the QB collective. Sean McVay. Why are the Niners bizarre years so much worse than those two teams? It's a great question. Their bizarre years are like, oh, it's pretty weird. It's like, no, it wasn't weird. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was bad. The Rams year was I'd weird, that, and they won ten. It, it, in fairness, because just if I don't, it just their quarterbacks do just play all the games. Like the nine, the Niners' main issue. Well, yeah, there is are like answers quarterback to this. Just disappears. But, no, I know. It's just it's. <laughs> but the Niners' bad years are just absolute shit. It's a fair emotional and, comment to make. It's fair. And Seattle's like, yeah, fucking rough year, man. It got bounced. Home playoff game, lost by seven. I, yeah, I don't exactly. You, you not, if you're a Niner fan, you could not celebrate Russ discord in Seattle if till he's gone. Because if he's not gone, none of it matters. None of it matters. It'd be like, okay. oh, he's pissed. Really? So DK's wide open. How's that going to work out? Lock it. DraftKings. I was like, they were murdering people. The three of them, murdering. What did you always think when Russell, just when he, when you're like, oh my God, he's going to let it rip and it goes in the air. Don't you first think, oh, touchdown. Wide open. It's going to be some lollipop right in somebody's hands. Sometimes Lockett's like, no one's in 25 feet of him. And he just stops. He's like, I'm just going to walk into the end zone. And DK's like chasing them. They're all going like this. It's just a touchdown. Yep. So they, they, a little, I, I think one thing that they run up against, maybe this is the wrong word to use, spoiled, but th there is a little bit, I think sometimes when... Because if if this was just pure business and it wasn't a sport, like they were just running a company, they would all be really, really rich, right? It had worked. Now, they might hate each other internally, but it, you'd on the outside be like, God, their stock's way up. I mean, their fucking product's awesome. They'd be keeping it tight because they're like, we don't want our stock to fall. People will know there's all this fighting inside. No, but they would be a successful company. Yes. Right? Well, they are. I think they, but their problem is... I think Brady is like the equivalent of like Apple or Google. Like you got to stop comparing yourself to him. Compare yourself to Rogers and you're happy as a pig in shit. 
They, they compare themselves, and not Pete, but Russell, yeah. to the wrong guy. Russell, you're not Tom. Let's stop comparing yourself to Tom. Compare yourself to Russell. Or, I mean, to Aaron, to Mahomes, and you're fine. Compare yourself to someone different, and you'll be He happy. wants to be the GOAT. Which even Joe Montana was like, apparently, was like, nah, it's, it's Tom. Oh, you're saying he just... Yeah, even Joe's like, ah, you know, R- Russ is trying to chase down Tom. Joe's like, cameo, baby. You know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> this is a uh, fun little draft uh, conversation that's been popping up ever since the report. Uh, Breer wrote on Monday that Jalen Waddell... No, Devontae Smith was asked at the Senior Bowl, Mac Jones or Tua, and then he didn't hesitate, and he said Mac Jones. So then Jalen Waddell goes on NFL Network, and Siciliano asks him, same question, and he does the whole setup. Like, and they asked, the report was that they asked Devontae, and he didn't even hesitate. He said, Mac Jones, what do you say? And Jalen Waddell didn't hesitate either. Jalen's like, yeah, I got to go with Mac Jones. I was watching the question being asked going, how is Jalen Waddle going to sidestep this one? And then he didn't. He just attacked it head on. What's going on? On, on the most basic level, it's a very unique circumstance, right? To have back-to-back first-round quarterbacks and then the second wave of guys, right, the second quarterback, to also have two wide receivers that people want to talk to slash move the needle when they say something. Without... If these were defensive backs or even an offensive lineman, I don't think it would be quite as glaring seeing two wide receivers who are going to go potentially in the top 12. I, if this was just like Guy Haberman, who's like a seventh round pick, one, no one would want to talk to him. Like it's just, you need, the reason to me it's such a big story is because of the two guys saying it, right? Two guys that are going to go really high who played with both guys at wide receiver. I, I just think... You could, you know, you often, I, I use this line, most humans do, like, you couldn't write this in a movie. You, it's hard to write this script. This is just, you can't really make this shit up, right? You, this would not be moving the needle like it was if the two wide receivers weren't as fucking good as they are, given how much everyone wants to talk to them. Correct? Absolutely correct. What? Yes. They're, they're the ones making this story. Yes. Those two guys yes. are making this story. That's right. Because, yeah. Because you I want, because their opinion is, asking like who would you rather play quarterback well you're the wide receiver it does matter and then they both said this and it's kind of like to me the you can argue Devonte smith whatever you won the heisman right so of course he's gonna say mac sat next to mac yeah and they just when this guy says it it feels like like why it's not even anti-tua like maybe they just genuinely believe that mac jones is the better player than tua and then I think you think with quarterbacks of like, well, do they just like the guy more? And then you start factoring in like, does that mean he's a better teammate? Is he cooler? Is he more normal? And you start, is he more talented? I, Because I watch two and I don't even know if he's that talented. So we're kind of at the situation where all of his teammates, when it was just Devontae, I could hear the argument. It doesn't mean anything. I got gotcha. you. Even though I do, I, I subscribed to the channel that it does mean something. I, when it's this guy, like, I, I'm sorry. It's like drip, drip, drip. Now it's just... I'm taking those guys' words because I've watched them and I know these guys are good enough players and the, the players of that program are, tend to be pretty smart. There is this. There are some people who come back and say, well, there's nothing you can do for Tua's stock. We talked about this the other day and I saw this response when this video came out. There's nothing you can do about Tua's stock. These guys are helping Mac. And this is where, to me, there's a difference between they just think he's a better player and they like him more. It does make me, I, I don't know. I mean, everything about Tua was like, Tua's super likable. So it's it's hard. I don't want to say they don't like him because I don't know. 
But I do think if if he was your guy too, you'd go, oh man, that's there's a way to answer it where you say, oh, it's tough. You know, first of all, I think Tua's going to have a big year this year. I know he's better than what he put on tape last year, whatever. Uh, but to me, there you no one would go wrong with Mac Jones. Just so I to me, it's got to be more than just they're trying to make Mac Jones some money. Um, because I don't think you would do that for Tua. I don't think you would do that to Tua just to Mac, make Mac Jones some money. It'd be one thing, honestly, if Tua was playing really well. Like if Tua just, just crushed it, like been rookie of the year. If whatever. Tua just, you didn't have to have Herbert's year. It would actually feel less weird if they were saying this stuff. Because to me, it's one thing to say something negative about somebody when they're having success. It's you can't really even say it. Like I don't even know if they. If they said, oh, we love Mac, I'll tell you what, as good as Tua was, wait till you guys see Mac. No one would think twice. If Tua was really good and they were like, what do you think, Tua or Mac? They'd be like, I mean, look, Tua was incredible. I bet Mac throws more touchdowns. But when you say it when somebody's down, like, I don't know, man. It's Because Tua's kind of down right now. To say that stuff while while Tua's down, I I don't think, that's that's a hairier area to step into. I don't. It feels like you got to mean it more. You can't just screw around to make Max some money because you're kind of kicking Tua when he's down. Why? Well, I just know the way these draft meetings go and uh, what you have to ask in these settings, whether it's you know with your scout, with your coach, at the pro day. We've talked about this before. You naturally ask a guy, best player you played with, best player you played against. And typically they, they understand. Like they're not going to bring like – it's it's tend to be a guy in the draft, right? You know, a guy that's kind of relevant. It's usually not like Billy Smith from this random school. You're like, who's this guy? They, they're going to be on the names that you're looking for. And when they say, and all these guys are saying Mac Jones, like this is a really good thing for Mac Jones that these two guys are saying this. And it doesn't feel hollow. It doesn't feel like they're saying that just to help them. It's, they're saying it because they genuinely believe it. Like I, I, I don't you think know, these guys are saying this for any other reason beside like, when I saw that, my first thought is like, how is Mac Jones not the biggest lock first rounder? Like, I just think he's an absolute lock at first round. I don't still know what round, or I mean, excuse me, what level of the round. And we've talked about, I'm anti non-mobile quarterbacks moving forward, just the way the league's changing. How you, when I say non-mobile, I just need you to be able to keep plays alive with your leg. You know, Josh Allen, Mahomes. I don't, I'm not looking for Lamar, but Russell, Deshaun, like that's who I want now. I don't want Jared Goff. And if Mac Jones, let's say, is is Jared Goff, Matt Ryan type, me personally, no, I, I'm just not into that. I, I think it's very hard in the way the game is played now, given the personnel coming in the league, way better defensive lineman than offensive lineman. You can't move. It's tough because he can't move. At, at Alabama, his offensive line was elite. And obviously his players were wide open. But he's clearly pretty talented. Uh, I, I couldn't draft him. I'm just, you know, I, I think Kyle will see. But I, he's not, I, I'm, I'm not into that right now. Now, if he had been like Peyton Manning level prospect, which he's not, right? I mean, I think he was a fringe first rounder. And I think now it just feels like these draft rooms, like all these guys love him. The Saban loves him. The program loves him. He was good. He's arguably better than Tua. You know, I think we would talk about Tua a little bit differently if he had gone 28. He'd be like, well, the Dolphins, they got this guy coming off a hip. It wasn't really that crazy. The part of the reason that Tua brings so much craziness is that he was the fifth pick and then given the guy that went sixth. To me, if Mac Jones goes like pick 28, that's not that crazy. Like you get that fifth year option extra. It happened to Teddy. To me, though, if he goes like top 12, Niners and above, that to me starts, did, did this buzz really elevate him to a new level? 
because I'm still not quite sold that he's some lock top 15 pick. I do feel like I just don't see him not going in the first round at this point. Yeah. Given his production, given how good he was, and given the words all these people were saying about him. Because the words in this situation, they just matter. I do think you're right, though, that the I think what you're kind of saying is what, the way we should talk about this is not a Tua conversation, but a Mac Jones conversation. This, Tua's already in the league. Tua's already on a team. We'll see what happens with Tua. That somebody already decided to pay him, and they're paying him. The question is, what do you do with this with Mac? And to your point on on his the type of quarterback that he is, you know, Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell could probably play with a lot of quarterbacks. Now, to Mac's credit, like he hit those guys on deep balls constantly. They were wide open, but he was nailing them in the chest and in the hands nonstop, right? Is there is there an NFL team that Jalen Waddle doesn't start for right now if he's healthy? Devontae Smith might start for every team too. Probably him too. So more than like both of them are lock starters for every team in the league. Or at least playing a lot and getting thrown at the ball a lot. Th- that's that's where it's like, what is his off what is offensive coordinator, what Nick would tell you honestly and privately matters more here? <laughs> right? But I think they're saying really good things. I think these guys. Yeah, like well, it a lot. but that's fine. I'm just saying, he like dominated guy. I'm just saying with those guys, I don't have those guys necessarily on my team in the NFL. I might. I hope I do. I mean, I'm an NFL team, so with an NFL quarterback, I hope I got NFL receivers. The question is, what if you have not those two guys? Can he make guys who aren't those guys better? Well, that's back to the Brewer article. He mentioned things after Devontae said that was word in the program was he worked harder than Tua, studied more film than Tua, he, in the building was a little more. But, but again, that, stuff like that. But my point, John, is like, okay, so he's better than Tua. Great. W- what does that get me? Like, I don't need him to be better than Tua. I need him to be. Uh, I need him to be an NFL quarterback. Better than yeah. Tua. I don't play the Dolphins 16 times, 17 times. No, I, well, so I, I'm not into drafting non-mobile quarterbacks who don't have elite traits. And I don't see elite traits. So I just, I like the guy, and I think he probably could be a solid NFL player. But the ceiling's not there. I ain't into non-ceiling guys. Especially if I'm just talking about from a Niners perspective, ain't doing it. Like, I'll give you an example. His physical traits don't really hold a candle like Derek Carr's. Derek's a way better athlete, got a much better arm. Like that, just think about it like that. Yeah, but if Derek played at Alabama, where would he have been drafted? I mean, it's hard. It's hard. He wouldn't have been a second rounder. No, but but my point is that we're talking about Mac Jones, what he's going to be in the league, like what it's Alabama's over for him now. Like he's going to play. We're going to put him on an NFL team. Like Jared Goff, eventually, just like you know. His limitations just really kind of came to fruition, right? You just see him. Cousins, I think, is better than Goff because maybe he's just a quicker thinker, maybe just better talent around. I don't know exactly why, but like I put all these guys kind of in the same bubble. And I just don't want that type player. Matt Ryan was like the best version of the crew when he was younger. And I, I could fuck with Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan was, I, I would say in a weird way, Matt Ryan was an overachiever. And part of it was like elite football intelligence, elite toughness in the pocket and stuff. And I think Rivers kind of similar too. I think it's just very, very difficult to win with those type guys in this modern day NFL. The way you get in these shooting matches now a lot. Like it was easier to with Matt Ryan or Rivers, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, 
when you could win a lot of games, probably, and you could win, you know, several games, maybe 23 to 17. Yeah. I think it's fair to say a lot, of, even if your defense is good, you're just, they're just more shootouts. And when I say shootouts, I don't even mean in the 40s. You just, you got to be pretty potent. And it's hard to be really potent when you don't have the physical skills because you can't pop fast, right? The one thing with the Deshaun, a Josh Allen, a, a Russell, they just, they, they, they just can make explosive plays. This guy made explosive plays when he was playing with elite dudes, but there's a chance that he doesn't have elite dudes when he gets here and his physical attributes, like guys aren't just wide open anymore. I, he, he just makes me nervous. Yeah, I understand. For a guy I, that I, I know is going to go in the first round. Well, what you're talking about is you put a guy on an NFL team that has elite dudes and he's got Herbert's talent and that's what it looks like. It looks like Herbert. Right. Yeah. Which is when you're Herbert drafting Allen. in the top 10, that's what you're drafting for. You're not drafting. Even, but even like Kyler, like he pops. You're like, God, for sure. I'm just talent. saying when you're right. drafting in the top 10, that if that's not what you're getting, then you might be looking for a new quarterback in four years. But I'd even say first round quarterbacks, and this kind of goes to, you know, when you draft quarterbacks in the second round, the pressure on them is just to be your franchise quarterback. So if I, even if obviously my expectations are higher when I take you seventh than when I take you 28th. But the Vikings, once upon a time, took Teddy Bridgewater, I think, like the last pick, like 30th or 31st or whatever. They traded back in. The Ravens did the same with Lamar. W- once you do that, even though you're like, well, we we already used a first-round pick. We traded back in to get this guy. It doesn't matter how you acquired him. It's like, that's your first-round quarterback. He's your he's your franchise quarterback. Yeah. That, that, you agree. Johnny Manziel in the 20s. You agree that pressure, whether he goes 13th or 26th, your cap hit is a little smaller. But let's say the Niners somehow went from like pick took an offensive lineman 12 and then traded back into the first round and took him at 28th. How would we talk about him? Like they think he's going to be their starting quarterback. That that to me is where I think I'm I feel confident he's going to go in the first round. Now, how much you pay him or how much draft capital you use, it doesn't change the narrative, though, the fans and just the way naturally people are going to talk about it if you do select him in the top 32 picks. I'd even argue I don't even the think it's round. about narrative and fans, right? I, I mean, you're right. I'm saying it's even more you don't take a guy in the first round unless you think he's your your answer at starting quarterback because you're getting because you're passing up a starter at another position is what you should be thinking. And, and ultimately, like if you get this version of Kirk Cousins, if you do a good job team building, your team can be really good, right? You, you can win. I think you could probably win with Mac Jones. But my point is, when I take a first, I don't want my margin for error to be way slimmer. Yeah. My margin for error with Josh Allen feels fucking high. Right. You, it's like, oh, yeah, we missed on this guy. If whatever. Your team better be really, really good if your quarterback's not going to be really good for three years, which is like Seattle. But, Russ was, this may not be fair to Russ, but if they just had, they had a good enough team or Tom they had a good enough team, you didn't have to be a star right away. But even, I think if you look at the Patriots over the years, like one of the great team builders slash coaches ever, Belichick. Some teams were better than others. It's just human nature, right? Well, that year they lost Gronk in week four. This year, you know, Hightower tore a peck. It's just some years are going to be the Niners last year's worst case scenario. But I'd even just say middle of the road, like the the Cardinals last year. All of a sudden Chandler Jones just out like in mid-October right. for the year. Like that, that's inevitable. Like you're going to have every once in a while the years where it's like everyone stayed healthy. And Kirk Cousins was our quarterback and we won 13 games. Right. Made it to the NFC Championship. It worked. It, but wouldn't you say over a five-year period, that's going to be the one out of the five years, mm-hmm. and then probably two or three of those years, well, Kirk, you know, we just needed a little more out well, of him. Well, you start paying $35 million for your quarterback. Yeah. And that's where Russell, I think, spe- why we got to speak highly of Russell, right? He's proven that he can carry you in that situation. Yeah. Yep. I just I have a hard time seeing Mac Jones ever being a 
being a carrier. And if I'm going to take a first-round quarterback, I, I really want to believe I can get a carrier. Yeah, because you're going to have to make a decision about his fifth-year option. You're going to have to pay him. You're going to have to extend him. You're going to that day is going to come. It's probably the the argument, like you know, probably if you toss a first-round pick to miss with Sam Darnold, like I wouldn't waste that capital to do it. Because more than likely, he'll never sniff being what you ideally hope out of your starting quarterback. Now, sometimes you're just in a pinch, right? Yeah, I mean, you might end up just, you paid a first-rounder for the right to have him for two years and pay him It's what you're going to pay him. Honestly, G- Jimmy's greatest survival uh, mechanism is just, there aren't that many like Josh Allens and Mahomes walking around. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's no different than in a, in, the corp- in a regular business where they start cutting people and it's now it's a bad thing to be making too much money. You might be less productive, but you're lowly paid. It's like, all right, you're staying around. Right? Good thing to be lowly paid at $22 million. (laughs) I know. Uh, All right. We will have a mailbag pod out on Saturday. We're going to do that again, right? Yeah, let's do it. Don't forget, hit the iTunes with a mailbag question. Give us a review. We appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, man. Have a good weekend, everybody. Good talking. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Godspeed. We're so positive. Positive people. Positive PDs. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.